0: All right, welcome to another Root Issues podcast. I'm in the booth today with Luke, yes, Sir, and Alyssa,
1: Hello,
0: and Mr. Steve. Yeah. We are all here today. I'm Chris, and we're so excited to get into this one. Um, we're still in the series, not just human, and this week we looked at second Corinthians five one through eleven and the title of the message was, "Are we trusting God with our body?" and so we're going, as Steve just put in our pre conversation here, like a theological understanding of how we 're to see our body and then we've got a lot of generations represented here, mm-hmm. and so we're going to just kind of jump in and I just want to like kind of hear like what does your generation see your body ass mm-hmm. so luke our youngest just back from mexico looking
2: very tan <laughs> wow it's snowing outside what, what give me like 60 seconds on yeah i mean the culture we live in obviously we're, we're pretty much cyborgs at this point right we have yeah. phones we have technology we have almost like instincts that we didn't have before just because of the technology we have <clears throat> yeah. so we have it is that whole aspect of like we can almost you know seem like gods yes absolutely especially Mm -hmm. compared to like 50 100 years ago we are at a point where we can communicate across the whole world and so it's it's being humble enough to understand that what we have as far as technology goes is nothing compared to what we can be when we have jesus and the holy spirit with us right so it's it's hard i think it's harder now to Uh kind of accept that we aren't just human but that we it's it's like the the battles of the world Mm -hmm. trying to use that power yeah. using the power of the spirit and you can you can use both of them i feel like and combine them to be yeah. more you know but obviously i think a lot of people view their bodies as their own and then like we were talking about they schedule time yeah. with god mm-hmm. it's not it's not god's always with you but you're with god sometimes so it's like your body's almost separate right mm-hmm. okay so that's a big big shift
0: big shift in thinking there all yeah. right yeah that was awesome. jumbled, but <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, okay, roll with Alyssa. So my generation, let's see, we're all like in our early 30s now. And I think for us, pop culture, especially growing up, like middle school, high school, like sexuality with Britney Spears and like all that kind of stuff really exploded. Um, and I think now that a lot of us are becoming parents and moms and, you know, going through like marriage and pregnancy, I just that's got to still affect somehow, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, especially if you grew up Christian, maybe just realizing how wrong or mm-hmm. how challenging, yeah. you know, that was and how normalized it was and how normalized, normalized it is and even worse now, yeah. you know, for the kids we're going to be raising, Um, just the desensitization to like, just the sexual well, nature of the physical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really dangerous and sad because yeah. it's so opposite of like what God. Yeah. You know, intended for. Okay. So I'm excited we're talking about body though, instead of just all the inner. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Getting to the outside. Okay. So I'll go next and then we'll throw it at Steve. But I mean, for me, it was like, you know, growing up in the 80s was like that prime time, like high school, like, you know, and so there was like, you know, the movement that finished off somewhat in your generation, Mm -hmm. Lisa, of just, you know, sexuality. I mean, it's like when I go back and I look at 80s movies now, I'm like, oh my goodness, I would never let my kids see that, you know, like what was being promoted, Mm -hmm. you know, and it still had like maybe a PG rating, and you're just like, how did they do that? And so there is, and I think for me, like in the 80s, it was this mindset of growing up in the church, you knew you were a Christian, but that was just the title and tag and label that you lived under mm-hmm. and you just did whatever you wanted it was just kind of like free run i don't ever remember like okay like am i gonna get some beer tonight you know thinking like should i or should i not mm-hmm. you know i mean i knew it was illegal and i knew in the faith that i grew up in it was like totally like forbidden to have sips of alcohol but i never considered them the same like my body was mine
1: yeah
3: yeah, boy. So uh, my generation, whoa, um, we're kind of. I'm kind of on the. We're kind of on the hump. We're baby. I'm technically a baby boomer, mm-hmm. but just on the edge of that Gen X. So I'd be the yeah. early '80s, yeah. growing up in high school, graduating right. from my very early '80s. Yeah. So similar, but I, I think what happened with, with the baby boomers, what happened there was we compartmentalized the faith. Okay. And in the midst of a compartment, that's how we dealt with the onslaught of the secular world and technology and the phone and everything. Yeah. And what we did, that was a huge disservice, I think, to the younger generations that we're living in now. Is we did compartmentalize the our inner faith from the responsibility with our body, yeah, and and created this idea that you know what you out of some kind of cheap grace that you just didn't matter what so much what yeah. you did with your. Um, With your body, though, there was plenty of legalistic teaching, right? Don't, don't, don't do these things um, without the connection, the inner and the outer. And, uh, boy, I think that's, we're still wrestling with that. You know, we're to be a holistic thing. And so hypocrisy now for many generations um,
0: has uh, crept in. Yeah, totally. All right. And you technology and it gets more complex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we are going to talk about like a lot of things today, but we're just going to kick it off like, you know, we're coming from 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 11. Steve, you want to kind of just give us a brief overview of this section? Yeah, um, again, I think this is where where Paul is
3: some of the, the greatest, um, but also most sobering scripture when it comes to our body uh the most awesome promises that to be absent from the bodies be present with the lord these are the verses that paul rejoices in that boy at this tent we live in is temporary it's going to die but it's going to be raised from the dead and uh we and i'd much rather be absent from this body to be mm-hmm. with the lord than to be in the body that that is how we should be growing as as believers um and, and he begins this by saying, obviously, this tent we have, this life we have, is it begins with the humility. It came to us as a gift. So mm-hmm. I need to look at my body my whole life as, as a steward, as a yeah. gift that God's given. Yeah. The world looks at it like I can do what I want to. And mm-hmm. It is right. that yeah. self-leading right from the inside rather than the spirit of God leading. And then he – so this is one of the most fundamental things when it comes to looking at life. The hopes that we have is that we know the second we breathe our last, we're in the presence of the Lord. Now, that is – Uh, a hope that no one has except Mm -hmm. Christians. And uh, obviously that's at the core of the gospel. But he ends with this very sobering verse, right, to say that our aim then is to please God, whether I'm with him in heaven or whether I'm here, Mm -hmm. is regardless, I'm his child and I should be, my aim, my goal always should be pleasing with him, with my thoughts, my inner motives, and my body, my entire Mm -hmm. being. Mm -hmm. Because he says uh, in verse um, 10, he says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one, now this is to the church, yeah. right? Primarily, we could talk about something that's in general too, which obviously there's other passages that deal with that. But here, this is more clearly the church that will stand before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So uh, there is this stewardship yeah. of my body. It's mm-hmm. the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I'm accountable for what I, I mm-hmm. do with it. Now, you say, whoa, what about grace? What about forgiveness of sins? No, no, this is a stewardship judgment. Yeah. This is not, I'm, I'm with Jesus immediately. But there will be, at some point, this uh, this is where the, the parable of talents comes in, yeah. all those kinds of rewards and, uh, and what our role in eternity is going to be. Uh, this is where we stand to give an account of the stewardship. Where we hopefully hear, "Well done, good and faithful mm-hmm. servant." Right? Uh, we know mm-hmm. from First Corinthians three that there will be loss. There will be a sense of, "Ah, oh, I did not steward this yeah. body well." So, uh, grace covers my sin. But um, when it comes to a stewardship, uh, there is a, a sense of fruit. There is a sense of standing before my Lord alone. By the way right and, and loving him it this isn't a loving this isn't judgment in the sense of right yeah boom you you're, you're going to you know be outcast out but it's one of just uh, like a parent with a child mm-hmm. accountability yeah. you know yeah um and that is something that so much of the time has been left out of teaching it's hard yeah. because we again have absorbed a very cheap grace understanding yeah. of salvation without responsibility to that grace yeah yeah yeah, that's very cool. But got something to say? Let me that? add to like, that, okay, that okay, verse that. 11. Let me just uh, add to yeah. that. It says, therefore, Paul says, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. Right? So that's not the fear of judgment, like going to hell or no. being removed from God. That's the fear fear of the lord they a reverence for right yeah. my stewardship i'm mm-hmm. going to have to give an account it's like going to the principal's office yeah. or something but at a much greater right level and again our culture has pushed this idea of no responsibility no consequences yeah. of responsibility that's crept into this idea of a very cheap grace yeah
1: yeah the cheap grace because i think it comes back to a better understanding of the body like question yeah. one the assurance is the gospel removing fear of death yeah because if it you really get it, then you're going to have an assurance of an eternal body. But that doesn't mean there aren't consequences when you make bad choices. And I think it starts even when my kids are little. I'm like, yeah, yeah you can throw yourself off that thing onto the couch. But, yeah. you know, God, I'll tell them. I'll be like, God gave you one body, and you have to take good care of it. Mm-hmm. And if you choose to do that, mm-hmm. are you taking good care of,
0: your of yourself? Body? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's like this... <laughs> bigger thing like you know just like how far can we go with what we've been given Mm -hmm. you know are we going to take care of it are we not i mean you know i'm jumping ahead but like my favorite point was point three do we see our body as the temple of the holy spirit and long more of him you know like and so i mean like that one statement just like throws everything back at me like I'm responsible for how I live and what I allow in my body, and my mind, mm-hmm. and that either gives the Holy Spirit more room to lead and guide or it restricts the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in room to lead and guide. And so it really boils down to the question, like, how much of the Holy Spirit do I want to operate in, and I have a say in that. It's, I, I think that's yeah.
2: maybe, too, like one of the reasons why the – like. I feel like the lack of feeling the Holy Spirit is so uh-huh. big these days is because yes. it is so easy these days to ingest things into your mind, mm-hmm. hear things like that. I feel like hasn't ever been as easy to access before, and yeah. probably causes some sort of some sort circuit. I feel like.
0: Well, no, I mean, I think you're right. Like when you think about it, like you know, the cheap grace aspect. Like, well, you know, whatever. You know, mm. how do you how did you hear from God this week? What? Like, I didn't hear from God. I just heard all the other things. Yeah, I heard all the other things, and so there's this pushing out room for the Holy Spirit to lead, because I think most people believe that, like, the holiness and how I live doesn't affect my relationship
2: with God. Or just seeing yourself as almost invincible. Like, I can see you do anything, and I'll be fine. Yeah. We are a temple. We have to sustain and take care of it. It's not some sort of, like, wall which is throw anything against, and it's, like, fine. Yeah. So... I think that's a big thing for for kids especially cuz when you're younger that is so much easier to create oh, yeah. and distort things at an early age. But going back to like the <coughs> your like the the I think that's the coolest one of the coolest things about Christianity is like we don't have to fear death. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. And I don't understand how people that don't have Jesus or God like live their life without that assurance. Yeah. It would just be so scary and terrifying. Um cuz it's a verse I think about all the time when Paul I think it was in Philippians you talked about this, but like to live is Christ and to Mm -hmm. die is gain. Yeah. Just that perspective is it makes you live life so differently Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. than from everyone else around you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think I feel like I can abuse it, like, well, if I jump off this cliff and yeah. I hit a rock or something, it'll be fine. I'll <laughs> be with Jesus. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. You're not you know, mentoring but that, my that's kids not good kids stewardship, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: no, the, it's that stewardship aspect of, like, yeah. what has God put you here to do? Yeah. I mean, it's like I think yeah. so many people in culture today, they can run from one thing to another. They feel like they have purpose in their life, but there is no assurance of did they do everything they could and will they get it all done? Mm -hmm. you know and so they they live this life of just yeah i would be so afraid like Mm -hmm. if i did not know what's next like you know the world's a scary place out there you know and you would have to be so protective of it and then then you know i don't want to go all the way to the other side of like you know, I'm just so driven that I don't care about anything except, like, okay, what am I doing for the kingdom today? But yet, sometimes I get in that mindset of, like, what am I doing with the kingdom today? Like, are we, are we presenting the gospel enough to the middle schoolers? Like, are they getting it, you know? Mm-hmm you know are they getting it and what more can we do to present more gospel truth and have it affect their life so that we see some encouragement yeah let me just jump in i think yeah, jump. Uh, on uh, something here that's just a, another little nuance about
3: grace and reward and in that passage about giving us stewardship you know, there's another parable Jesus says, right? And he hires people. And uh-huh. he hires yeah. one of the first in the morning, gives, and, and then he hires people throughout the all day. That day comes, and he gives the same amount of money to the one he hired first, who worked mm-hmm. all day, oh, as he yeah. did the one who yeah. worked just no, an hour. Right? I love My brother so, hates this story. So, yeah. Because Sorry. it goes on to say, the last shall be further short. You know, it yeah. throws, there's this radical kingdom Grace reversal, yeah. uh, upside down thing in the kingdom of heaven. So, how that can be? and that can be applied to many things, but uh, uh, into this situation, is if somebody's out there and goes, "Man, I've wasted my life, yes. and I've, I've, uh, decades have gone by, and and you know, uh, boy, I'm going to stand before the Lord. I'm not going to have much. This is the magnitude of grace. Is someone they can receive the Lord uh, late in their life, where they may only have a year left in their life? Yeah. And if they steward that year right well, -hmm. Completely, they could stir that year more radically for the kingdom of God, God. spending their life for, in line with what God has for them, than a person who became a Christian when they were a child Mm -hmm. and lived a whole hum, you know, I go to church every Sunday type thing, but never really gave their life to to the fullness of serving the Lord for decade after decade, and you get to heaven, and this guy who lived a this crazy last year on fire, (laughs) but but when he met Jesus, he gave his all, or she gave his all to yeah. him that's the radical aspect that if that we we're not the judge mm-hmm. no. and, and god in his grace has yeah. this so i think what jesus gives that to someone to make sure that that no one's out there like oh you know um well, grace shoot. is not sufficient yeah. for me yeah. to carry out something glorious for the kingdom man it's never too late yeah it's never yeah. too late
1: and it's not about works either so exactly it's yeah. more a mental, a mind shift.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's, you know, like not works in the traditional sense in the sense of like salvation is covered, but works in the sense of like, am I to use my body to build up the kingdom of God? Mm-hmm. Or am I use my body so that I can enjoy this place in this time? And I think that's the big pull. which is more important, the kingdom of God or mm-hmm. this place in this time? are you an mm-hmm. asset for christ or a liability yeah yeah so you, <laughs> yeah. you it to rich money. dad poor dad you know? <laughs> yeah. like are you an asset or a liability yeah. but i mean it is it's like you know like which one are you living for
1: right slash like is he driving the car or yeah. are you mm-hmm. reaching over and grabbing the steering wheel <laughs> well the i'm time. in the
0: driver's seat
1: <laughs> uh-huh. that's a problem <laughs> <laughs> you know
0: but, you know i get my gps coordinates from him Amen, brother. And I think over, we talked about our generations.
3: I think what happened, our generation was so legalistic. Yes. Right? Well, not just ours, but it, it's yeah. always been with this. Yeah. But what happens, it seems like there's a cycle, right? When there's a real legalistic push, a, a, a pietist, a, a Puritan type mm-hmm. thing, that what happens is the next generation kicks back from that, right? Yeah. And Hello. goes. Th- <laughs> yeah. They kick back. Yeah. And it's the sexual revolution, right? It yeah. yeah. goes the other way, right? And, um, boy, and, and that's crept into the church, right? Yeah. With this cheap grace thing yeah. that says, no, oh, and it's not, got grace is there. And we lose the, and no, none of this have we really discipled and taught the glory of the gospel, right? To help people see, right? Um, when they're redeemed, their entire being's redeemed. Mm-hmm. And that this vessel, this jar of clay is to house god the holy spirit and and there should be this increase of desire for yeah. holiness yeah and that should really impact how i speak how i use my uh my body how i present my body as it says we come to romans 12 present our bodies a living sacrifice right yeah. unto the lord um and so I think the issue is just holiness. I think that's what God's doing mm-hmm. now in our culture yeah. is awakening the church again of just personal piety. But see, where the enemy will do is he'll just try to move that church quick back to legalism, right? Yes. Yeah. Start talking about the body, and boom, boom, don't do, don't, don't, Um without the both integration. So we need both, mm-hmm. right? We need the integration of what's happening, the transforming inside, mm-hmm. right, in unity with the
0: outside. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. For me, it's like, you know, it's like just, you know, statement five your point was are we spending more time preserving life than spending our life for christ's sake you know and so then it's like you know okay then it becomes like a daily thing like you know what did i do today did i impact the kingdom or did i impact my own life and my own joy and my own excitement you know and so it, like, becomes, like, for me, like, in my world, it's like, okay, 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 okay. I've got to be going somewhere. I've got to be doing something. I've got to knock something off. I've got to achieve something. You know, I mean, I struggle with Sabbath, like, I mean, but I didn't achieve anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and so it's like, am I achieving for the kingdom of God or am I achieving just for my own self-enjoyment and mm-hmm. relaxation?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is the highest form of worship, right, yeah. is to give your life as a living sacrifice to, like, that's... Most you can really do for yeah. god yeah. um, that 's what we 're called to do, but it's, it gets pretty hard, especially when I know, we, we almost have our own little kingdoms we 're trying to build yeah and it 's a yeah. little aspect of we 're not building it for the, ourselves, but for for Christ, absolutely yeah
1: I have a hard time with the yoking aspect okay. like the um, yoking yourself or letting God you know be like the guide leading you to freedom and i don't know if that's a generational thing okay. or because you know we all want freedom so yeah. much but it's hard to grasp and understand and feel that by submitting you're mm-hmm. going to gain more freedom, freedom especially with the physical body because it's something that's so easy to control sure yeah. and so i think it's just really hard to know how to let that give yeah. that over to God
3: you know I mean there's lots of answers to that but I think it comes down to again we think about the generations but we, yeah. we haven't done a good enough job in discipleship right is integrating word and spirit right? mm-hmm. so it's both of those so here's the word but what we need to teach one another in the church is, is like you say is how do I let the spirit inform my will the yeah. decisions yeah. I make when
1: it comes especially to the physical like exactly. I'm just thinking about right. sickness or yeah. ailment yeah. or yeah. you know sure. yeah Achievement.
3: I mean, look, gluttony is written up right next to all these other crazy things that the church hammers. But, you know, we've got a lot of, you know, way overweight pastors up there hammering their, (laughs) their fist, right? Criticizing all these other sins when they're just not looking at them um, at themselves, right? I
1: know. Oh, I that, loved when you were like, put down the crazy diet, stop yeah. doing all that, <laughs> buy this, buy that. Because like with social media, you're just hit with that. Like the yeah. comparison is so there physically. All right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And again, that's back to the preserving, right? Am I just trying to preserve? Mm-hmm. And look, we need to take care of bodies. We need to exercise, eat well, all those things um but is that overriding right uh, my my desire to spend my life for christ's sake because yeah. you look at paul you read the previous section we looked at he was mm. shipwrecked he was afflicted he was almost killed he was stoned i don't think he was sitting around worried about his workout or his diet or yeah. he went right. we, he went right times without being now he was called to that right but it's a model for us in our own life what is what is driving us? What is our main passion? And it should be right. He drives this passage to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have this very intimate exchange one day, before my Lord who saved me. Who's going to just kind of do a a very big uh, job review or life review, right? On the on Mm -hmm. on what I've done and uh, boy, like Paul, like in Philippians, you brought up Luke. Like man, you know, Paul says I want to live for Christ. I I, want to share in his suffering. I want to somehow attain to the resurrection of right. He was striving, not looking backwards, striving forward for that that moment. we get lazy, right? Yeah. We're a lazy, comfortable generation We're the most affluent generations ever lived. Um, we don't know what it is to really sacrifice for, yeah. for the Lord. And so we have to... It's harder in this time, right, mm-hmm. of affluence with all of what we can do to wrestle with this issue yeah. than if we were under persecution. That's why when the church is squeezed throughout history, right, holiness rises, yeah. right, strength rises. And sadly, you know, many are, are kind of cleaned out uh, yeah. from that process.
2: So. I yeah. think Alyssa brings up a great point of like the whole freedom thing because, yeah. you know, Paul says, or er, we are slaves to Christ, and you, you see a slave, you see freedom. It doesn't add up. Yeah. But then you start thinking about the definition of you know freedom, right? And freedom's not attained by everyone just doing whatever they want in a free-for-all. Freedom's attained by sacrifice, by people you know, following one true morality. I feel like that is what yeah. leads to freedom. And so I guess in some weird way, to become free, and I think we're not ultimately free, we're still living in this broken world, but we have to live in a place of sacrifice, in a place of, you know submitting to mm-hmm. not ourselves but to god to be ultimately free because
1: well, with freedom comes peace yeah. yeah but to have peace you have to have order and Justice. obedience yeah.
2: well i mean like
0: culturally yeah. Today, like, today yeah go ahead
1: culturally today we yeah. don't understand that no culturally like, people today, are so messed up on what how you get there
0: free is like the right to be offended the right to be harmed do that, whatever, that, you want, yeah, you know, be whatever you want
1: be whatever you want but you know, that's not how it actually for a group
0: yeah, I was know, telling a father the other day, like, you know, you're only going to have freedom when you surrender right to be upset about what your ex-wife is doing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like at some point, like, you know, you can uh, can just allow that to just ping you in the head. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, she's, you know, doing this, she's doing that. But it's like when you surrender to Christ then you're surrendering to his authority to guide you and direct you and give you peace. Like, yeah. you know. And so because he's just, like, in this struggling, like, nothing he does can be right, and so mm-hmm. he's always under attack. But I'm like, but you enjoy the offense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's like, when do you let go of that offense to say, you know what, I'm a slave and I surrender everything to Christ.
1: I know no one wants to be a slave or a sheep or a cow that's yoked (laughs) those things don't sound good but sons
2: and daughters though is another maybe a better way to represent it because you know they follow their father and it's more of a yeah but then when you
1: I was gonna say like it does sound kind of nice to be a sheep like we're doing in the women's bible (laughs) Study psalm 23 and they have such a good shepherd you know it's like when you look at Christ and you know the Lord as your shepherd leading yeah. and guiding you like sure I would love to be a sheep of that flock. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um I loved point number 5 and I yeah. felt like people were really I mean when you um gave the when you talked about Matthew and the whoever causes a child to stumble um you know God's response or Jesus's response to that, like that is so needed to be heard mm-hmm. right now, uh, and I love that everybody was just like, "Yes, like,
3: yeah." I mean, let me circle back. I think just yeah. for a final note on, yeah. on mine yeah. is is this we're moving into territory that's just crazy to think about right with this we talked about chat GPT yeah. and ai ai and all this and the transhumanism you mentioned being a cyborg right we're already there because <laughs> we can't live without our phones right well people don't realize no you're already, we're there we, we can't live. So it's just a simple step, right, to integrate these. Um, so things are getting crazy out there, right? And, and all the people are struggling with the chaos of who's going to bring the morality, who's going to raise what is yeah. right, how far is too far. All, there's nobody thinking about, and who's able now in our society to, how do you even determine? Mm -hmm. what morals are right Right? what is right and what is appropriate and not so it's a confusing time but i love the simplicity of this pat where paul talks about in in light of the body especially when we think about moving from evolution right that's uh, we've lived through this process Mm -hmm. right we've gotten and what humanism has done is gotten rid of god creation that's evolution the next move is transhumanism right which is now we're going to integrate we're going to fulfill back to genesis we're going to become gods yes. you know mm-hmm. we're going to integrate our technology with human humanity and mm-hmm. all this um but i love what he says here the answer to that is with all this confusion he says but we Walk by faith, not by sight. sight. Yep. Yeah. So, no matter wh- how crazy it gets, mm-hmm. right, is we walk by faith. We stand upon the promises of God and what Jesus has said, right, to us, and uh, and we hold on to that. But we do, as you were saying, Alyssa, have to jump into this fight, especially for our children, mm-hmm. right, because the world is just pounding, is trying to defracture um, and, and to sell them such a false vision of yeah. life mm-hmm. and their body, right? Uh, and that's where we have to stand up and hold, as you mentioned, Matthew 18, where Jesus says, man, it's it's better, right? Yeah. Somebody causes a little one to sin or to stumble. It's better that the, yeah. the old stone be tied around their neck that we go to the bottom of the sea.
1: When I hope people um, think about that when something yeah. rubs you the wrong way and you yeah. feel that passivity coming over you because you don't want to you know, be judged for... Mm-hmm. Being controversial, mm-hmm. like think about that. you want to be drowned at the end, bottom of the ocean because it does mm-hmm. matter, yeah. and you speaking out is important for the truth, and I think to be heard, yeah.
3: But what's so important here is that we don't move to, uh, it, we have to let this move us to compassion and love, yeah. right, to see what the culture is doing to people, engage them boldly, right, with uh, with what Jesus says. But also it has to be as Jesus saw the crowds, how harassed they mm-hmm. were, you know, but yeah. it was filled with compassion, right, to reach out and offer them something better. Right?
1: Yeah, because that's where it's coming from yeah. It's the love, Absolutely. true. If love we do it without truth.
0: love, it is a stumbling block
1: yeah. to some people, yeah. I think. Yeah, well, because it comes, yeah, like well, in no.
0: us and them. Then, it, then it's just judgment. I mean, yeah. you know, that the aspect of speaking truth and being honest is just that bold confidence that we actually know the truth. Yeah. And then when we deliver the truth, if it's heard and if it's followed, they will have transformation as well. Like, when I think about the parenting class, I'm, like, just sold on, you know, the formulas and just the pattern of what is your connection with your child that you're raising? Like, what is that heart connection? Like, when you have that, then that truth goes in. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yeah, like, I'm like, change this about you as a parent, and then you will change your relationship with your children. Yeah, And I'm like, I just stand on it. And so there is this truth, but spending more time preserving life than spending life, our life for Christ's sake. It's a big statement. And so if you just really just kind of whittle it down, ask yourself this question, listeners, like how much time do you spend to enjoy, experience this life? And how much time do you spend on inviting the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us to impact his kingdom and then we can kind of start from there mm-hmm. you know i mean it, it's it's big stuff it's, it's like it's investing big, it is it's like investing <laughs> i know but i mean it's like all those parables like the one you just like explained i was like whoa like okay thought about it that way but i never really interpreted it that way yeah you know all right well hey how do, you, how do you take care of your body? Take care of your body. It's the temple. And then make more room for the Holy Spirit. Holiness is good. It's important. Mm-hmm. And so run after holiness and allow God to lead with his love and his grace. And so thanks so much for tuning in to this midweek jolt. We hope it jolted you into some thought and into some process on how do you view your body?
3: Over the surface, people up there, they get me nervous.